0: Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hello. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Back in the studio. (laughs) Back at it. Your home, Sin of Our Fathers podcast, is your home for the undefeated Cleveland Browns. Right here. (laughs) Haven't even lost the game. Our
1: first podcast (laughs) after a (laughs) non-loss.
0: Doesn't really, for me, I don't know how you guys feel. It doesn't really feel like a non-loss It
2: feels freaking incredible. (laughs) I'm so excited.
0: I mean, we didn't give it away at the very end of the game, so there's that, but we also didn't take it at the very end of the game. For me, there were so many chances that we had that our defense put us in the opportunity to win the game, and we didn't capitalize on any of them. I can think of at least four chances that we had to win that game that we didn't. There's a
1: handful of ways to look at it yes that is true there's no way to refute what you just said it is also true that the Steelers had (laughs) many many chances to win the game and that did not happen
2: yes it's also true that we were down 21 to 7 going into the fourth quarter and we scrapped and clawed our way back oh like with with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter like seven seven to six minutes yeah so like I'd give up. That's that's optimism. I'm not gonna
0: lie. I'd given up completely. No,
2: no we were gonna lose that game, and we should have lost that game. There Other was about
0: d- three points
1: when I was yeah. felt like I was at my desk. You,
2: you say you say <laughs> we should have won that game. I think there's probably more opportunities where that game like should have been like put to bed by the Steelers. Oh no, absolutely. You are you are not wrong about that. But
0: there even after we came back. There was many opportunities to win the game, and a good and we're not a good team yet that hasn't been proven but i think we have the potential to be a good team and we have to learn how to win those games other teams they would have won that game many times over
2: sure but and we if our you defense... had told me two days ago that we weren't gonna lose to the Steelers, regardless of what that meant you were... i would have taken it in a freaking <laughs> heartbeat yes, and been
0: I, pumped absolutely i would have been stoked too but you never would have guessed in a million years all our record predictions are already wrong we already started off incorrect Based on our record prediction,
2: I believe we picked win totals, didn't we? We did.
1: It's uh, no, we didn't. We no, said we, we, we said, said record. So okay. none of us are going to be accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about that right at the <laughs> game finish. <laughs> it's like, dang it, none of us can be right.
2: <laughs> we should go back and re-record that bit.
1: Uh, see if we ties. can. Can
0: we retroactively upload?
2: Yeah. Do
1: you count Pick a your, tie? Do you count your tie as a loss or a win? Because Mark Mark's the one that really needs to adjust. Because he's the one that said, "If we win, this is my prediction. Yeah. If we lose, this is my prediction." <laughs> yeah, Mark. No, exactly.
2: <laughs> I, that's what I was thinking, <laughs> contemplating
1: all the realities. He said eight, eight and eight if we won, and three and uh, thirteen if we
0: lost. Do you have to split that, so it's somewhere in between. We win five games. Oh, okay, he's the most pessimistic of all of us. Um, okay, so you guys are both excited. And I'm, I'm excited too. I think our defense played great. What makes you most excited about this game and what we did this past week?
2: Hmm. I think the way the defense looked cohesive. Um, oftentimes last year, we looked like we were just hanging on for dear life. Yep. We actually looked dangerous on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and a lot of that was, we've got cornerbacks who can play now. Denzel oh Ward looks like a friggin' stud. Yes. We've got safeties who are playing in the right position. And Terrence Mitchell for like deserves good. credit too. Playing yeah, well. It was that good.
0: one Terrence Mitchell play where in he kept, he knocked it out of Antonio Brown's hands. It was beautiful. in the fourth quarter we needed yeah. that play.
2: We were good it, at every level of the defense and seemed comfortable at every level of the defense. Where last year, if you would just throw it past the linebackers, like we, we were, were just worried. like
0: Ugh. In trouble.
1: Yeah. So what was weird about the defense, though, is it didn't feel like the same defense we watched last year, even though a lot of the best players are the same players. Like, we couldn't stop the run, and we played the pass pretty well. Yeah. Like, it was complete opposite
0: of our secondary looked great. But,
2: I mean, look at the players that came in and we got rid of. I mean, it makes like, sense. Like, I, I understand Shelton, why. So run stopper. Yeah, and we added a bunch of corners.
0: Our entire secondary is basically new besides Jabril Peppers.
2: Yeah, and And I like Demarius Randall.
0: Demarius Randall played
2: quite well. That interception over his shoulder, the Willie Mays style. Tracking the ball. That's really hard to do. It was nice. And Denzel Ward, our
0: number four overall pick, had two interceptions. And my favorite was the first one when we needed it. The Steelers were driving right at the beginning of the game. They were about to score their first... What seemingly was looking like going to be a touchdown. And Demarius Randall was on the outside. He read Big Ben's eyes. Big Ben. Denzel Ward was on the outside. Is that what you meant to say? What is that? You said Demarius Randall. Oh, yeah. Denzel Ward was on the outside. He read Big Ben's eyes, cut inside, dove in, and stole it from him. It he, was beautiful. He out seasoned a seasoned vet. <laughs> Big
2: Ben looked bad. Okay. He did. I will,
1: before you move on from Denzel Ward you're absolutely right. Both of his interceptions were extremely timely. Like they were both on drives of the Steelers where they were past the 50 yard line. That one looked like a sure touchdown on its way. Yeah, They were in the red zone. And then the other one was right before the end of the half. And like, they got the ball and we're going, I was like, Oh shoot. We gave them enough time and they're going to like score. And then it was a tipped ball. So it wasn't a whole lot that he did, but he still came down with it.
2: Still came down with it.
1: And no, that was the knock.
2: Jabril Peppers who almost took him out. Oh, Jabril Peppers
1: completely laid out for that thing. I love the effort. I like the effort. effort.
2: (laughs) No, absolutely.
1: No, and he
0: was guarding Antonio Brown the whole time, and Antonio Brown wasn't the leading receiver on their team. It was Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, Didn't even have 100 yards. Yep. A.B. didn't. Yeah. He was targeted 16 times, but he only had 96 yards.
1: If Antonio Brown hadn't caught that touchdown pass, which was a ridiculous Antonio Brown- Touchdown. Type play? play. Yeah. But Denzel Ward's coverage was great, as we've talked about. Like, it was fantastic. Maybe we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but everybody knows that he played that about as well as you possibly can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't bring that touchdown
2: pass in, Antonio Brown's day was correct. bad. Yeah, no, it was bad. Correct. We, our uh, guys shut him down, uh, which is pretty impressive. But, I mean, Denzel Ward was tracking
0: him the entire, and his it wasn't just his coverage. It was his tackling. There was some throws out to the flat, like wide receiver screens and stuff like that where He diced in there and clipped people's legs, and then Antonio Brown was going on a crossing route. Um, I think it was in overtime, and he was just right. Antonio Brown caught the He's ball right there to make, but the he tackle. was right there, made the tackle immediately. Yeah, um, he was on him like glued. No, his entire his, game.
2: His positioning was great. He he didn't. The moment was not too big. He he seemed like he was comfortable out there playing and reading, reacting, recognizing the situation. Wasn't just trying to not like F up. Yeah. Which which I feel like most rookies in your first game, you're just going out there trying not to. And we weren't worried about him. We We were throwing
0: him in man to man with Antonio Brown. And he was holding his own against the best receiver in the NFL, bar none. Freaking good.
1: And the thing that was really impressive to me too was some of those plays late in the game where. It was like some of the short crossing routes, and he was right there. He would give him the two or three yard crossing route, and he was right there making the tackle. Yeah, he made another tough tackle. I'm trying to remember exactly who it was on. If it was Antonio, it was Antonio Brown, but it was like an open field one on one Denzel Ward Antonio Brown situation where I've seen Antonio Brown shake that guy loose more often than not, and Ward just did a fantastic job Swing
0: wrapping right to him the legs. Up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things about, after the game, they asked Denzel Ward like, how he thought he did during the game, and he was like, this was his answer. He obviously had an amazing game. He had two interceptions, and he's being humble. But they're like, how, what do you think about your like, first game in the NFL performance? And he was like, well, I gave up a touchdown, and we didn't win, so that about says it. <laughs> like, and I just love that mentality. Like, I, don't, I don't know if that's what he's actually thinking or if he's actually over the moon right now, but like, that's what you want. Yep. That's what you want in a mentality that he just wants to win. And he doesn't want to give up a touchdown, even though he played it perfectly. No. Um, so that was one of the things I was super excited about. And the defense was obviously. Miles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Miles. There's, there's no words to describe what Miles meant to our team in this game. Miles Garrett's not our team. We don't win. It's I not have, even close.
2: I have never watched a Browns team that had a player of the caliber of Miles Garrett, except That's, for Joe Thomas. But it's hard to compare. Because it's he not as flashy. Basketball. Yeah, it's not as flashy. I've I've never watched the Browns and thought that we had a player who was better and could dominate the game and ensure that we win more than Miles Garrett.
1: It was pretty phenomenal to see in the fourth quarter where like he directly had his hand in the two significant plays that swung the yeah. game in our favor.
0: Yep, he had two sacks. Obviously, three he, tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, all at crazy timely. It was unbelievable. That James Conner play, like he just he got his hand right around, popped the ball right out. Yep. Ain't Perfect. No He's like, oh, I'm making a tackle. Why not just punch the ball out while I'm doing that?
2: He also drew a couple, at least one big holding. It was late in the game. Call. There was a big hold. There was a holding. Call Villanueva where game. he just wrecked him um miles garrett also played every single snap of that game very and impressive one of three players he's showbert and denzel ward okay the impressive played thing played to me the
1: impressive thing to me about that is not necessarily that he played every snap but that the most effective part of the game for miles garrett was at the end of the game after he played all of those he consecutive get, snaps. he doesn't get tired that's insane that's oh. insane
2: this is and this was an overtime game. Like, this was a yeah. tie as long as this game can possibly be.
0: Well, as a whole, that was one of the things I was most excited about our team is our defense actually got better as the game went along. And that's, I think, one of the marks of a really, really good defense. And that's not something I've seen from us in the past is that we get better as the game goes along. Normally we crumble. <laughs> but we clearly, we all the points that we gave up were towards the beginning of the game. And towards the end, we stiffened up and didn't let anything happen.
2: You know yeah. who I didn't see? Our, any of our new interior defensive linemen. Who, I don't think Carl we,
1: Davis got any snaps. Who played? They put Ogba in there a little bit. They took. A, they would play on rushing downs. They wouldn't play anybody. Yeah. It'd be Chris Smith, Miles Garrett, and like... On uh, passing downs, you mean? On passing downs, sorry. Yeah, they would take all the defensive tackles off the field. Or it would just be Joby left.
2: Which is crazy. And that's why we... We're terrible against the run. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're just getting moved around on the interior. Yeah. So How much of that is larger scheme that we can expect to see the rest of the year? And how much of that do you think is...
1: I think a lot of it's personnel related.
2: And given that we made so many changes recently. That's my take is that it's mostly because of the, the personnel. But uh, I don't really know. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, we we can't operate like that, running one one D tackle out there well, the whole year.
1: And what Chris Smith had more than double the number of snaps as Ogba because Ogba got hurt.
2: And Chris Smith was lining up in that Ogba position,
1: right? Like in, on, the on the interior. I know.
2: Yeah. 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 He didn't. Uh, Davis didn't have a tackle. No. No stats that showed up in the box score for. Lawrence. Yeah, Devereaux Lawrence
0: I'd definitely say. didn't show up. Gonna have to learn how to say that name,
1: Devereaux Lawrence. Devereaux Lawrence. Yeah, no, they didn't yeah. play.
2: That's that. I think if there's any disappointment on defense, it's our inability to stop their run through the middle. And, mm-hmm. and well, it was questioning just at the beginning. The, the position, the p- personnel usage there.
0: Well, it was just at the beginning of the game because, like, during the entire first half, in the second half, we did great. In the second half, we, we improved. We definitely yeah. improved, which was fantastic. But in the first half, it was atrocious. I couldn't even. And it was the same with our offensive line. Our offensive line played really well in the second half of that game and in overtime. They played awful at the beginning of that. Tyrod Taylor had no time at all in the entire first half. When the second half rolled around, he started to have a little bit more pocket. He wouldn't step up into it, but he had a little bit more space and a little bit more time to operate.
1: I think the offensive line was just fine and pass protection for the most part. And Tyrod was just slow for most of the game. Your question from the beginning was, what got you most excited from this game? Mm-hmm. And I specifically remember making the comment during the game, we have real football players. <laughs> like, I... You like John we, Dorsey. We had, like, the talent. <laughs> All but, right, buddy boy. But the, <laughs> the talent on our team was evident from watching this game, and I've never felt like the Browns had the more talented players in any given matchup, yeah. like one-on-one, like on the field. And when Josh Gordon went up and made that catch and made the play, I yeah. mean, like, it was t- a t- Josh t- t- Gordon play. Yeah. Tick like
2: for tat with Antonio Brown's catch.
1: It was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it was very similar. Yeah. yeah. Like literally on the same
1: spot of the field. Mirrors. Um I was like, "Oh my gosh. This is awesome." Like this is what this is like what Green Bay feels like when Aaron Rodgers goes out there and is hopping around on one leg and just wins the game. Making miracles I, they, happen. You've yep. got the better player. Like there are spots on the field where the Browns have this superior player and I just don't recall that ever happening.
0: Yeah. And moving forward throughout the year, Josh Gordon's going to get targeted a lot more than he did in this game. Lord, and, I hope so. Uh, he only got three targets. I mean, he better.
2: Trying, uh, to, trying to think what those were. There was a deep shot down the middle where Joe committed pass interference and Tyrod underthrew him. There was, but it wasn't called. Yeah. Right. I, I don't actually pay attention to what the refs call. I call my own game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was, and that there was plenty. Pass interference. Yeah,
1: I mean, those are the three: the touchdown and then the interception that was thrown at the end of the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, yep. No, there it is. I forgot about the interception. And Josh,
1: they could have all been
2: touchdowns. Yeah, they could have if all. If, if the totally ball been, had been passed, and, yep. I, like the, I. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> all right, need, this is a good transition. We need to get so, him
0: back on that slant game. Yes, that's where all his touchdowns were. He catch it and he would just longer and faster than everyone and Tyrod can throw that ball. Well
1: they accurately too. We didn't throw the ball short and over the middle at all
2: in this only to Jarvis like on late like drags across the middle. But they Um, weren't
1: like on quick slants. We didn't have any like quick quick passing.
2: Like none of it was
1: quick. Which is like why in the world are you not putting Jarvis Landry or Njoku in those kind of spots? Yeah. It doesn't make any Uh, sense. Like those guys can win in the slot all day long.
2: What, what it, it also doesn't make sense because this is Todd Haley, and we've seen what Todd Haley has done with his offense in Pittsburgh. I mean, a lot of screens to Antonio Brown and others, a lot of quick passes to Antonio Brown, Juju. Is he afraid that Tyrod doesn't
0: have the ball velocity to be able to pull these things off because he that's didn't what, have the ball
2: velocity this that's, week.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what i was saying i saw that multiple times this week where the ball would just die halfway through the throw and it wouldn't get to where i think he was trying to put it i don't know if i'm going to chalk it up to the weather because that's not what i saw during the preseason i'll give him the benefit of the doubt for one week that it was the weather
1: yeah because we're playing in a dome next week and it's like you're gonna be able to compare figure it out yeah If he can't if he can't get the ball out in front of Josh Gordon this week, I'm going to be irate. Like it's just so frustrating. Yeah, because when you have have a guy that's beating, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, Baker would. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I I also wonder he took a couple hits early in the game. He did. He got part of me wonders if he was fighting through something and it contributed to him not feeling comfortable stepping into throws or just under throwing or,
0: and it, uh, that would make sense because at the beginning of the game, he f- seemed more comfortable in the pocket, even though there was more pressure. And then towards the end of the game, it seemed like he was super antsy. He wasn't stepping up into the pocket. He was letting the ends hit him in the, get him from behind and he wouldn't take the space that he had. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I will say positive note, I'm Trying to stay positive here. Tyrod Taylor helped us immensely in this game with his feet. Multiple of our touchdown drives that we had would stayed not have alive. happened. They stayed alive because Tyrod Taylor scrambled and got the first down. Over and over and over again, he helped us in that way. But it was and that, one of the touchdowns was him scrambling for like 15 yards.
2: Yeah, but it was that like juxtaposed against if he if he wasn't running, he would take these like nine seven nine nine-step dropbacks and stand there. And not step up in the pocket. Where where like Desmond Harrison, like Bud Dupree's coming around the edge and Desmond Harrison's like pushing him wide. If Tyrod steps up in the pocket like he's supposed to. He's got space. He's got space. The pocket was fine. He can keep his eyes downfield, step up in the pocket, deliver the throw. And I feel like we missed a bunch of opportunities because he wasn't willing to step up in the pocket. He just sat there and took the sack. So I have no idea. That's elementary quarterback quarterbacking. like i don't that i think s- that's the the single thing i was most disappointed in was tyrod's movement in the pocket and his unwillingness to to step up and avoid that rush
0: towards the end of that game he seemed and maybe it was because he was getting pushed out of the pocket so many times and had to rush but he seemed like a rookie happy feet frazzled yeah didn't know what to do and that's absolutely going into the season the exact opposite one read
2: read, two read drop your eyes and run it's the exact
0: opposite of what i expected from tyrod taylor as this this narrative that he's this smart seasoned veteran who over prepares and is ready for the game and he's a game manager it's not what i expected to see but it definitely is what we saw towards the end of that game he just i felt like he lost control but on that point one thing that i was really pleased with which i didn't know what to expect leading into the game was desmond harrison I think that he played well. No, I think like, he did and like too. For skill, like skill. He had a couple of penalties, but our entire offensive line had a couple of penalties. Joel Batonio had one. Desmond Harrison, I think had two, maybe three. But as far as covering his man, I never saw him get straight up. He beat. Had,
2: he had a good matchup too, for his skill He's got for most of the game. I felt like he was going up against Bud Dupree. Yep. Um, T.J. Watt, I guess, was over there, too. But Bud Dupree's just coming on a speed rush every time. And that's what Desmond can currently... This was a good
1: matchup for him to start with because he didn't have a top, top top-level pass rusher that he had to deal with. He
2: didn't have a top, top top-level pass rusher, and he didn't have to deal with... um, Bull rush? Well, just like a... a, a Repertoire. Repertoire of moves. Yeah. He, He could kind of know what to expect with Bud Dupree coming off the edge. Um, and, and prep for that. We'll w- see next week against uh, Cameron Jordan might yeah. might have a little something to say.
0: I mean, I will say T.J. Watt had four sacks in this game. Did he really? Yes, he had He's four sacks. Off the other side almost every time, though. T- yeah, no, he was, but I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about our, our offensive line as a whole. T.J. Watt had four sacks and a blocked field goal, and I think T.J. Watt's very, very good, yes, but allowing four sacks to any one person. Is
2: he did have four sacks? Holy crap!
0: Yeah, he's on like a what sixty-four is sack av- season. Is he available in <laughs> fantasy league.
1: He crushed us last year too. <laughs> he's the one that recovered the blocked punt.
2: Yeah, he also blocked the had football. that interception of Kaiser. Oh, you're talking about last year? very first. Oh yeah, very he first did. Kaiser interception.
0: Oh man, started it all off. Um, so one of the things that you said you wanted to talk about. Matthew, was the fact that Hugh Jackson muddled up our starting roster. What? <laughs> he said
2: So, <laughs> so this, the most Browns thing in the world, first of all, is not winning a game an entire season and then coming back and tying the first game. But Hugh Jackson spent the better part of the last two weeks explaining to everybody who had listened that Josh Gordon was not going to start because you've got to be here to work. And then you get to start on this moral high horse as we've discussed was the opposite of what he said last year when Josh Gordon missed the first like eight games of the season and came back. And so Josh Gordon wasn't going to start, but he was going to play a lot. First snap of the game, (laughs) Josh Gordon out there first, first snap. And so after the game, he was asked about it. And instead of just being like, I don't know what you say in that situation. First of I all... I have no
0: idea what you say in that situation. First of all... But the only thing you can say is, yep, you got me. I'm an idiot.
2: <laughs> like, well, first of all, the idea of not starting I would've, I would've being said, a punishment... Like, starting is this... It's, it works it for Baker really Mayfield. It doesn't mean who's on the field first, right? It, it, it's like more this, plays like, the most? this like designation, right? As yeah. You're you're the top of the depth chart. You're going to be the, the go-to option. Like... like Every team has a starting fullback. How often is the fullback not on the, the field? Not the Browns. Yeah, but they're not there the first play. Well, the is Browns what you're don't saying.
0: have a fullback on our roster. Exactly. But so not every team. But they're not there on the field the first play. Yeah. But they still technically started.
2: Yeah, and it's like saying, yeah. and like nobody's butt hurt because they're not on the field for the first play. But you said the they fullback. were the starter. Yeah, and so it's so stupid, and so. <laughs> But then, just the the triviality of the fact that he was out on the field, and then Hugh had to try to make an excuse, and I think he's blamed Todd he? Haley. He's blamed Todd Haley for it. He said he's mad at Todd Haley because the the play call that they picked necessitated the position group out there.
0: How, how much you want to bet Todd Haley did it on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's how much true. You want to bet? Todd Haley's just undermining Hugh Jackson because he doesn't respect him at all.
2: Yeah, he's like you're gonna have to answer <laughs> for this. <laughs> That would be amazing. He's
0: like, well, I call the plays, so I guess I decide who's starting. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. What was his actual answer? Did he just blame Todd Haley? Was that?
2: that No, he
1: he said he was mad about it.
2: He said he's mad about it, and they're going to handle it internally, and it was a mix-up with position player groupings or something. It would have been the easiest,
1: like, if you're media coaching a coach 101, like, you tell them to dismiss that right away because it doesn't matter. Like instead, Hugh Jackson insists on drawing more you, you attention to his lack, his them. lack of control over the things that he cares about.
0: Like it, it just is this. Which are these arbitrary things that oh, don't really that matter. That don't matter
1: at all. It's just such a microcosm of Hugh Jackson
0: right there. That whole whole thing.
1: So, Mark, you were trying to get me to say some things more about the game.
0: Yeah, because you were just, like, staring at your computer. You were clearly, like, looking something up. I, I figured there was some whole segment we were about to delve into no, that Michael had. I did have one thought earlier when I was thinking about the game.
1: Because I distinctly remember last season getting so irked and so frustrated that all of the little things didn't fall the Browns' way. Like for yes. the first like 12 weeks of the season I felt yeah, like I do remember that everything did not go our way. And if you're going to complain like we did and I definitely did about things not going your way, you have to draw attention to the fact when they do. And this was a game where a lot of things went the Browns way. Like a lot of things went the Browns mm-hmm. way. So when I went through and watched I made a little running list of all the things that actually went the Browns way. So we had six turnovers. That's insane. Some of that comes down to luck. There were three fumbles. Three times the ball hit the ground to the ball. The Browns recovered all
0: three. How many times did we recover a fumble last year? Oh, very few. We had a very poor fumble recovery. We set an NFL record for For the the worst worst fumble
2: recovery ratio. Fumble recovery rate. That's a huge difference. I remember that, though.
1: I mean, if we fell in line with our rate of recovery last year, we only pick up. It was like 20, one of those it was three.
2: Like twenty percent of the fumbles <laughs> that we recovered. It was so bad. You know, fumbles. It's a fifty fifty ball. Yeah.
0: Like anyone could get it. Yeah. Everyone's all around and we just didn't get it every time.
2: It was so bad. Classic. I mean, so that's no. a
0: huge thing. Like that's huge. It made and it made a significant difference
1: in this game. The fact that the Steelers missed that 42-yard field goal in overtime, like yeah. that so rarely happens. We're complaining that we got ours blocked, but we would never have been there if they hadn't missed that field goal. That was super yep. fortunate. Yep. There was that punt in the fourth quarter that hit Chubb in the head, but there wasn't definitive yes. evidence <laughs> that it hit him in the head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like no, I that about was that.
1: That. that was absolutely <laughs> luck. Wait, that that is- the ball happened to go that way like I have it no so doubt in my mind that it hit Nick Chubb, but the photo, the fact that they called it on the field that it was Brown's ball and it didn't hit Nick Chubb is what made the difference on that play. How and
0: about, also, like, you knew it hit Nick Chubb based on Nick Chubb's reaction. Like, his body language yeah.
2: after his shoulders were dropped. But, and there was, just yeah. so, but you couldn't tell. How about, no, this is good too. How about after Jabril picked up that fumble and ran That's back? That's the next one on my he list. Was, he was fumbling it out of bounds, but he was touching out of bounds when he touched the like it, that's the he next one. On the it, list. it could the have been zone, a touchback, but he was touching out of bounds, so it was dead. Last year,
1: that was a touchback. Oh
2: yeah, absolutely, no doubt.
1: Yeah, that's the and that's the extent of my list. But that is a lot of things, and all of those things went in the Browns' way. Has it and finally it kept happened? Kept us
0: in the game. Has it finally happened? Has our bad luck <laughs> finally run out? It's been so many years. Or the right. football gods are
1: just mocking us because it's like, look, we'll give you everything and you still can't win.
2: Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So all that went our way. But there, it's not like, like that would be disheartening if everything went our way and we still didn't win. But there are things that didn't go our way, like the Miles Garrett um, roughing the passer that, For sure. that the NFL came out today and, and said shouldn't have been a penalty.
0: Yeah, so that was on third down, and they scored a touchdown on that drive because it gave them a first down. The very next play. The very next play, James Conner went in. Earlier on that drive, Big Ben, it was third and seven, and Big Ben was scrambling outside, and body Calhoun got held so hard. When he was about to make the tackle and it just got completely overlooked. Yeah. How about so that? that was two third downs that a penalty was the reason why they got the first down. And that what about didn't go that
2: bullcrap unnecessary roughness on Josh Gordon that oh. like oh my never gosh. happened? I totally, what? And I don't, okay, I don't by remember the way, the sequence there, like what I can happened. tell you
1: exactly what happened. We were in field goal range, we were the 33 yard line. That was a third down play. And because they called it unnecessary roughness, it pushed us out of field goal range and we had to punt the ball. It's
2: freaking ridiculous.
1: Unbelievable. So that's crap. That that one was absolute crap. Like, he literally was just blocking. It was so bad, it
2: makes me think that they got the wrong number, but I don't know who they would have been trying to call something on, like somewhere else on the field, because it makes no sense. I wonder. I forgot about that one completely. That was so
0: bad. Yep.
1: No, that, that should have been points for the Browns on that drive, Yeah, and
0: that pushed us out. How about the unnecessary roughness that Jarvis Landry forced out of one of our opponents? How great was that? As soon He's, as he reacted, Jarvis Landry just threw his hands up and just took it. Yeah. He just like let the dude beat up on him. He's like, I'm not doing
2: anything. He's going to be good. Well, to be fair, he didn't... Oh, I'm sure
0: he was talking... Artie, Artie the Burns most
2: just kind of lost it.
0: But I'm sure because Jarvis Landry forced him to lose it. Sure. Based on the absurd amount of shit that he was talking (laughs) Like, I can't even imagine the just heinous and horrible things that were coming out of Jarvis Landry's mouth to Artie Burns.
2: All right. and So this isn't. Which I'm all
0: for. Don't get me wrong. Like, if it's going to cause a 15-yard penalty for us once a game, then that's fantastic.
2: So this isn't really something where it didn't go our way because this is skill and you can control it. But. Nijoku, with his two drops, in that huge situation. Oh, like that's another back. situation like, where we were driving. Like we've got to get, we can get better there.
1: That was the low point win. of the game for me. We were yeah. already down, We were down twenty-one to seven, and it felt like we were driving and going to be able to get another score. We started that drive with a long pass to Jarvis down the left side, and then. Missed a deep shot to that was the next pass, was the deep shot to Josh Gordon. That was the Joe Hayden pass pass pass. interference play. And that so that should have been something. And then the next play was a David Njoku over the middle pass that was a little bit high, but Njoku missed it as well. Like, I don't, it's like equal blame between quarterback and tight end. And then the third down play was the perfect pass from Tyrod to Njoku that he just dropped. Momentum completely lost. Like that was absolutely the low point of the game for me. I was like, "Well, this is what it feels like to be a Browns fan." I remember, this sucks. I,
2: I, I believe you walked away. I did to go to the bathroom right then, and you said, "I hate being a Browns fan." <laughs> <laughs> I
1: did. Yes, I did. It was absolutely was what like, I was feeling at the time. That
2: was a peak moment in that game. That was perfect.
1: You know what else I noticed? Whenever we I rewatched the game, we missed like. Five or six plays because the TV kept going out because of yeah, the because rain. Yeah, because of the storm. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I didn't see that play the first time." It's
2: kind of, it's kind of coo- fun. It's <laughs> like getting to watch like more Browns new stuff.
1: It's like finding, you know I mean? it's like watching a movie again, and you're like, "Oh, that was when I sneezed," or like, you know, like
0: yeah. that was
1: when I went to the bathroom.
0: <laughs> All right, I have a question for you guys. Answer. Um. So Ben Roethlisberger didn't have a good game. We already talked about the fact just that Tyrod that Tyrod Taylor didn't have a good, great game. Who do you think had the better? Could it just be the weather? Who do you think? Could just be the weather. Who do you think had? It was ridiculously storming. Um, it was raining super hard the entire game. Who do you think had the better um, passer rating between Ben Roethlisberger and Tyrod Taylor? Uh,
1: probably Ben because his percentage was way higher. But he also
2: I, threw like five picks. Three. It's only three?
1: Yeah. Some of them were fumbles, and that doesn't count in the pass already. It's
2: four picks.
0: It's three. I don't think that the it was one and, and the two to Denzel Ward. It was a fumble to Joe Schobert. Yeah, the Joe Schobert one was it the seemed forward seemed the forward one. They called that a fumble. It it was it was a fumble because they they got, got it got it was in the back. I remember Someone seeing came it from behind and they hit him when he was at the back of his. He didn't fall through at all. The ball just popped out.
1: I remember when it happened gotcha. live. I was like, "That's a fumble. That's not a pass." And then Schobert caught it and it didn't matter. It didn't either matter because he caught it. But yeah, um.
0: So who do you think had the better passer rating? I'm going to say Big Ben.
2: I would say I would say Tyrod just because Ben had the interception.
0: Tyrod was
1: 15 of 40.
2: Tyrod, yeah, Tyrod was 15 of 40, Oof. and he had a 51.8
0: Shit. passer rating. <laughs> 15 of 40 Yeah, is oh. so bad. All right, can we? Can... Okay, no, 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 wait, wait. So Tyrod was 15 of 40 and a 51.8 passer rating. Big Ben was 23 of 41 and had a 60.5 passer rating. Their QBRs are completely different. Big Ben's QBR is 22.8, and Tyrod's is 42.6. But those are different statistics. That's because they I they think incorporate all like the turnovers and running and, stuff, and, like running that, and yeah. stuff like that. So Tyrod had a ton of yards This was runner.
2: a nightmare game from Tyrod. This is exactly what I didn't want to have happen in the first game of the season. His career completion percentage is 61.6%, and this was
0: Mm
1: 37.5%.
2: It has to be the rain.
1: And the wind. I mean, like this was a tropical storm that made its way up through Ohio. Like, the wind was blowing, too. That's the only reason I'm giving him any sort of pass on those balls that
2: hung in the air. That just stopped. He's got to be better. I mean, he's got... I mean, there was... He's got, like... Two two more weeks. And there then... were so
0: many missed throws. Like think about like places where he could have thrown that one that he threw to Jarvis that Jarvis actually caught where he is rolling to the right towards going out of bounds and he threw it to Jarvis like down and behind. Jarvis that just Jarvis. seemed like a
2: bad throw. It didn't seem one that would have been really affected by the wind. Yeah,
0: no, it was. It was just a bad throw. Luckily, Jarvis caught it. But then there was the one to David and Joku that was like uh, in overtime that was on third down that was way down the field and he just underthrew it and so the safety came over and knocked it away. No, that was I don't think that was overtime. I know which player it was up the
1: same. I I
0: liked the the third and one call. It was the third and one call. It was it was in overtime. It It was early in overtime. I think it was our first drive in overtime.
1: Well the Browns didn't get a first down in overtime. Which was like the most sad thing in the world. We had three different possessions and we didn't get a first down. The Steelers defense is really good in overtime. And Tyrod Taylor played off. It way. was hideous.
2: So freaking bad. Like
1: none of the passes. The biggest thing I saw from our offense that frustrated the heck out of me was we were always behind the down and distance. Like our first and second down plays were horrible. Except for that. There one was drive, one drive where for we the one
2: ran. Drive where we just ran it. We didn't. That Tyrod
0: ran and scored. The we touchdown didn't throw on one it. pass on that drive, and that was the only drive where we actually drove down the field and scored a touchdown. The other two were like we had very little yards to gain. There was the one where. Tyrod threw two passes, and it was a quick touchdown. And then there was the one where Jabril Pippers had it at the one-yard line, and we went. But there was one drive where we ran the ball every single down, and we were going to throw it, and then Tyrod scrambled out and scored. Here's another question, which I think I know the answer to. If Baker Mayfield plays this entire game, do you think we win this game? We get all the turnovers and everything that we got.
2: I, I won't say that. Because I don't know what he would do in the like the, the other situations. If Baker, Mayfield- I'll tell you this: he'd hit Josh Gordon on that touchdown that Joe Hayden broke up. He wouldn't have underthrown Josh Gordon late in the fourth quarter to throw that interception. All right, here's those an- are he- Baker Mayfield throws.
0: Here's an alternate question: We put Baker Mayfield in at the start of overtime. Do we win?
1: I'm not going to say that. I think we would have felt better about our offense. Like I think I'd feel a lot better about our offense because he would have been more aggressive in pushing the ball down the field and wouldn't have taken as many sacks, I don't think, as Tyrod did in this game. Tyrod took seven sacks. It's bad. It's so bad. I, I I think there would probably be, have been some other things that would have entered the equation for Baker Mayfield's as a rookie starting his first NFL game against I, the Steelers, you know, it's just, it's a tough spot. So I don't want to pretend that like, it's he, all gonna be it was all going to be, it was all going to, yeah, be rosy. But, um, I do think he would have pushed the ball down the field way more than Tyrod, but I'm not trying to push that. Really, Like, I don't want to be the, I mean, but li-
2: that's, that's what we knew going in. I mean, yeah. that's been the knock on Tyrod for, for ages. I'm, I wasn't shocked that he wasn't pushing it down the field. I was shocked that he wouldn't, like, put his foot in the ground and climb the pocket.
0: He wasn't moving around at all. Anyways. All right. To talk about positives, though. Let's focus on positives. That's what we do here. We <coughs> talk about positives all the time. We've been talking about way too many negatives. Tyrod, it's obviously, obviously easy to focus on. Oh, I have
1: another thing I want to talk about. That's negative.
0: All right. Well, let's, let's mix a positive in there first. It's about Hugh Jackson. Uh, ooh. That's a positive. And enticing. Um, all right, you hit us with that first, that Hugh Jackson morsel.
1: Um, I said this when we were watching the game. Okay, we, fourth quarter, 21-7, we were down. We drove down the field and got to the 23-yard line. And it's a fourth down and 10
2: I don't understand why we
1: didn't go for the field goal. There's eight minutes left in the game. There's all the time in the world. It's a fourth and ten. The percentage chance of you converting that fourth and ten is not good. The percentage chance of you converting the field goal is good. Then you have a chance to get two more scores and win. Guess what? We did get two more scores in this game, and we would have won if we had had a field goal there. What ended up happening on that play is there was like a Tyrod got sacked and there was an offside, so we got another five yards. But then we still, even five yards further, went for it again. And I still don't think
0: I would have on the fourth and five. We we threw it. We threw it to in that next play. We threw it to Jarvis Landry in the end zone, and Tyrod threw it over. his And it was like way Way over over his head. Which was the combination of what Jarvis was doing the whole day. It was either way short or way over. So when it that was was pushed down the field,
1: infuriating to me. And then what happened next and why, like, I forgot about this so quickly was the very next play on the Steelers' possession was the Jabril Peppers' play where we got the ball after, you know, Miles Satter, knocked it out of the Connor and Jabril brought it all the way down to the goal line. So, but if you think about it, if we make a field goal with a kickoff and they're getting the ball at the 20 right there Basically in the same exact spot. It's the exact same thing.
2: It's not it's, even like an expected points gain from the field position if you don't if you don't get it. It's the now, same I, situation. I agree with you. You we needed to kick the field goal there and um, you gotta you gotta trust your defense. I mean the last like eight minutes a lot can happen. And our defense showed that they can be trusted. Yeah. I mean imagine if we kick the field goal there and then we kick off, touch back, first play. Of the next possession, Miles Garrett forces that fumble like he did. Back in the one. We punch it in. Now we're within four points. Now we're within four
1: points. I know. It's insane. And so my final Hugh Jackson gripe for, you know, he's now can focus on making these sort of in-game decisions and is proving to not do all that great at it. I know. At the very end of the game, at the very end in overtime, when we have our chance to kick that field goal, it's coming up on third down, and they decide they're just going to kick the field goal. We have all the time in the world, and they spike the ball with 13 seconds left. Why are you spiking the ball with 13 seconds left when you are going to kick the field goal? There's absolutely no reason
2: to do that. So we, we ran on first down, so then the spike was going to be on second down. So then if we ran another play, it'd be third, so we wouldn't have even...
1: They spiked it with 13 seconds. You need to run the clock down under five and then spike it so that your field goal is the last Last play of the game. Instead, what happens is the Pittsburgh offense gets to come back on the field and throw a Hail Mary. There's no excuse for it. No excuse for it. And the players are just looking to the coach for what you need to do, and he's like not even thinking about it. It's
0: ridiculous.
2: Well, Hugh doesn't care about special teams. We... Clearly, we established this during the game.
0: Not something we talked about. Our special teams were awful. I was gonna avoid it because it makes me so frustrated to talk about, but Amos Lee, Amos Lee, should have been, should have been famous. Go back to making cookies. Famous Amos Lee should have been fired yesterday. Oh, the, there, the penalties. Bad. The coverage was bad. The penalties. There, were, I don't know. Jabril it, Peppers doesn't have the confidence to <laughs> actually return a punt.
2: But honestly, that was the best special teams play we made all, all game. Was the fair catch and just say, you know what, screw it. No
0: penalties. No block
2: in the backs. Yep. This is the Browns. We we don't need to take any unnecessary risks.
0: Oh, it was so so very frustrating when your special teams are constantly putting you in a hole and the Steelers special teams were constantly putting them ahead of us because our coverage unit couldn't couldn't do anything. It was just, it's really hard to overcome.
2: We allowed a blocked, blocked field goal. I don't think that punt was technically blocked, right? That punt was was not blocked. It was just kind of shanked it because the guy was getting pushed into him. And they kept
0: saying on the broadcast that that was what he had to do. I don't think that that's necessarily true. There was pressure, but. Um, you
1: could sell me on special teams lost the game for the Cleveland Browns pretty easily.
2: I mean, we lost like 30 yards in field position every time because little frick whatever, the little white spark plug, oh, Switzer. Switzer, yeah. He would just dice through our return team for 15 yards on every return. Yep. And we would hold. <laughs> and <then he laughs> go, go backwards. Go years. backwards. Then net a 25 at least. Walking in the back.
0: Um, okay, but I will say, I never have I seen from the Browns, never have I been so confident in our pass rush. That is nice. Like like, that- a bit like on in situations when we're like, oh, crap, we need a good pass rush here. I have never been so confident as I was yesterday in the pieces that we had to put pressure on Big Ben. Yeah,
1: no, it's true. Like in those key downs, I was – I kept saying Greg Williams don't be stupid don't be stupid don't be stupid because I was worried he was just gonna to keep send it simple I, I was worried he was gonna send like six guys and Big Ben's just gonna like diagnose it right away pick us apart and convert the third down when I know I I have the confidence that if we send four we're gonna we get can, enough pressure that we can rely on the coverage and be good and that's what happened the biggest play of the game was that Jernard Avery play where he knocked the ball out of Big Ben's hands and we returned the Jannard Avery like, good. It man. was four guys on that play, and he just beat the right tackle off the right hand side. Jannard Avery's gonna be
2: starting before the end of this season um, over Ogba. Well, I think they're just gonna rotate through like they have been.
1: But anyways, he's playing. He Jannard played Avery. a ton, he played a ton already anyway, so I'm perfectly content with what we saw.
0: But very excited for that value of a fifth round draft pick. Yeah like that is what he had, he had a sack. He had a hit, a quarterback hit. He Force had a fumble. Force fumble. He had a, a hurry.
1: It's not where I expected it to come from. We entered the draft saying we needed an edge rusher to compliment Miles. And I was frustrated that we did not address that early. There were so many players I liked that I wanted us to take. but
2: Harold Landry. Yeah. Bradley Chubb.
0: And Harold Landry is doing well. Is he? Well, he's hurt. In, in in the preseason, he did really well in yeah. the first couple games, and then he got hurt. He didn't. Play. Everybody on the
2: Titans is hurt. Yeah, poor guys. Oh my oh, gosh. Marcus Mariota. Marcus
0: Mariota got hurt. Delaney Walker got hurt, and Taylor Lewan got hurt. Yeah, their left tackle, their quarterback, and their tight end, who's had most of their receptions.
2: Hopefully, hopefully, Lewan and Mariota won't be out long. Yeah,
0: Lewan was- just got knocked out. He had a concussion. He went out cold from a Which, block. That hit didn't look very. It was a crackback for sure, but. I, I didn't expect for him to go unconscious to the way that he did. <laughs> it was
2: it was bizarre. It looked like
0: a normal block, but then when you saw him fall to the ground, you're like, he's out cold, and yeah. it was strange, for sure. But Delaney Walker's done.
2: It it, it kind of looked like was one of those, pointing the wrong way. Yeah, no, that was gross. The Luan hit. It kind of looked like one of those videos from like the African safari where you see like an elephant get hit by like a tranquilizer dart and start running around and then like just this big <laughs> lug just like tumble or like Ace Ventura, <laughs> yeah. he's like crawling with like the bear it tranquilizer. in him. Such a big <laughs> dude, and he just went out cold and just limp to the floor.
0: Yeah, I've actually never seen an offensive lineman get a concussion like that and I'm not get, sure I've get either. like knocked out. That's interesting um all right so we are now into our regular season programming and during our regular season programming we have a few things that we do and one of those is a competition between me michael and matthew we got
1: to talk about the other games that yeah. we watched
0: yeah well, that's true we also got call the games at the end all, all right? right
1: all right if that's
0: what you want to do michael yeah, well,
1: we're not going to move on to next week before we're done talking about things that happened this past week.
0: All right. Hit us up, then. So You go ahead. You take it over. We'll see it.
1: Well, normally what we would do is we would switch and go around the horn, and each one of us would talk about one of the other games in our division. So... Uh, we want to keep an eye on what's going on with the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Since we played the Steelers, that le- leaves only two games this week. So Matthew, I think, watched the Ravens and Bills game. <laughs> Poor Buffalo Bills fans. And so just give us a quick rundown on how the Ravens are looking, what's going on. Um, it's It's, it's, probably honest, hard it's to... honestly hard to tell. <laughs> it's
2: honestly hard to tell. Um, there were There were at least a handful of, plays in this game where i was like honestly there were four ravens in the backfield i don't know if that means the ravens, the ravens have D to be line good. is the bills killer. can't be that bad it has no. to be a combination of
0: both the it Bil- has to be a combination of the both. bills, the bills, bills bad. can be that i bad.
2: i can't name a bill's offensive lineman i nathan the, peterman was terrible like <laughs> to, to be fair he didn't have he doesn't have a good offensive line he doesn't have great receivers He's got LaShawn McCoy, but he was bad.
0: Oh, yeah. He's got a 30-year-old running back, so yeah. he's set. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, oh, that right. was your
0: justification for it. He's like, okay. Yeah. He's got a 30-year-old running back.
2: No, he's fine. I think the Bills are really, really bad. Um, and so watching, watching them against the, the Ravens, I mean, it's tough to evaluate the Ravens, um, especially the Ravens' defense. The Ravens' offense just kind of looks like what we've seen from the Ravens' offense for a while. It's kind of this disjointed, ineffective... I mean, they didn't have a ton of yards, even even in this game that they put up 47 points. Uh, we had more yards in our game uh, against the Steelers than the Ravens had. They're trying to use Lamar Jackson as this like change of pace hybrid. For the most part, it was ineffective. He how many snaps did he, did snaps did he 16 get? Yards. Um, I a- think he had like five carries... Uh, Was it
1: mostly direct snaps to him, or was he like lining up on the field with Flacco? He was lining up like in the
2: slot, or as a wide receiver sometimes. Some of them were Flacco wasn't even on the field. He was just he was just lining up as quarterback sometimes. Um, It was like direct snap. I don't think that's gonna work. He kind of looks lost, lost, and poor guy isn't really being asked to do anything that he's he's done before, which is. Right. A, a tough situation to be in. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've got John Brown and Michael Crabtree, but... Crabtree
1: Fl- had a nice touchdown catch. He did have a nice right touchdown
2: there. catch. Joe Flacco was just kind of running around. On three occasions, he threw it directly all the way across the field, across his body. Um, twice it was complete to John Brown, and once he just... L- that left Buck Allen out to die. Oh yeah. It was bad. Lorenzo um, Alexander okay, so just killed him.
1: It sounds like it's hard to judge because we think the Bills are pretty bad. But and the offense it doesn't sound like you're too concerned about its direction that it's going to be drastically better than in years past. But what about the defense? Like is that the talent on that defense seems ridiculous. The
2: talent on the defense bad is ridiculous, woman. but they were playing the Bills at the same time and it's how many turnovers did they get? Do you know? Nathan Peterman threw three interceptions uh... before he got
0: pulled. We had a conversation about that on the podcast, didn't we? How many interceptions will Nathan Peterman
2: throw in his start? I forget how many we said. So uh, all in all, I mean, the, the moral of this story is it's tough to know. Yeah.
0: But, like, how often do you see a 47-3 to 3 game in the NFL? That almost never happens. Like, it has to be a combination of them both.
2: It's bad, but the Ravens like, didn't even have 400 yards of offense. Yeah. How do you do that? Flacco threw for 236. They didn't run and for hardly touchdowns. anything.
0: Yeah. Dixon at forty four yards.
2: It's just Lamar. Lamar Jackson at thirty nine rushing yards. So they must they used him Set on seven carries. Which seven carries along then. of sixteen. So take out the sixteen and it's not looking so hot anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It's just tough to look at this like look at this evaluate that game well when they're playing. Uh, but it's tough to look at the Ravens and get excited about much of. Well, that Michael, what they've got going on. Uh, did you see that Michael Crabtree catch? The Michael Crabtree catch was great, but Michael Crabtree can't get open.
0: But if he, he can make catches s- like that, he doesn't have to be open. Three
2: targets for 38 yards. He can do that all day. Yeah. Um, they did spread the, problems, the ball around.
0: The problems remain. Well, they have to spread the ball around when they don't have any good receivers. <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> you got to be evenly distributed if you're not going to have anyone that can Someone one on one.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Ravens um, this next week when they when play they play the Bengals. the Bengals. So, Michael.
0: So um, we would have learned something about the Bengals, but um, I decided I was so dedicated to the Cleveland Browns <laughs> that I'm just going <laughs> to instead of watching the Bengals game, I'm just going to rewatch the Browns game, and that's exactly what I did for you, the Mark, listener. Mark looked like a special teams player on the Browns blowing his assignment. That's, that's basically what happened just, this week. R-
2: just like running you know, straight that... ahead, not <laughs> knowing what the hell he's supposed to do.
0: That might be the way that you would describe it, Michael, but I'd like to say that it's my dedication to the Cleveland Browns. And if you want to say that you're not as dedicated to the Browns as I am, then you go ahead and do that. So – Mark's
1: assignment was the Bengals. Well, you'll just have to sit on the edge of your seat waiting to hear more. About I got a our ton thoughts of, on the
0: Bengals. I got a ton of stats on the Bengals that I could bring up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for for just the future. start reading the box. Read. Score. Here it is. Andy Dalton was 21 of 28 for 243 yards. Wow, crazy, right? Yeah, I didn't watch it. Sorry, guys. Um
1: so then I decided to watch since we played the Steelers. Um I decided to watch the Saints since that's who our opponent is next week, and that was a ridiculous game forty-eight to forty, the Bucks beat the Saints in the Superdome in New Orleans. So, which was a shock to me. Um, I think everybody and their mother expected the Saints to run away with that one. I don't like that the Saints coming off a loss, and oh, they're no. going to be at home. It can't be a good thing oh, no. for the Browns. No, but this game. Like I don't even know. I, similarly, it's week 1. So I think you have to color every week 1 game with I don't know what to make out of this. Like you've seen this many times in previous seasons where a team just crushes it in week 1 and then like loses five straight games. Like and week also- 1 is not an indicator of like how the team will succeed. The first month of the season in
0: entirety probably is, but well, you can't overreact from what you see. In and the we've also play. seen Ryan Fitzpatrick go off in individual games just like he did during this game and the then pitter out. Look like a pro bowler. Yeah, look like a pro bowler and then just absolutely suck in games afterwards. And I will
1: say, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick legitimately won this game for the Bucks. He was putting balls exactly where they needed to be, like over the top. He was rushing for touchdowns. He I was running old, old for first Ryan. downs.
0: He had 417 yards and four touchdowns. I don't.
1: I don't know if you saw. Plus, he ran for one. <laughs> he plus, ran. he ran for one. The first touchdown of the game was
2: him lowering his shoulder and running over a safety the over the goal line. line. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Did anybody have Ryan Fitzpatrick in DraftKings? Yes. This week, the, all and the people that everybody won. won. Everybody who won. Everybody who won. Yes.
0: Fear the
1: beard. So, so that is one piece. Like. <laughs> I don't
2: know how, because the Saints' defense was He's top good. five DVOA last year. A 97.1 QBR. <laughs> 156 yeah. passer rating.
1: But I will say, <laughs> there were a lot of big plays that the Bucs made where the Saints' defense looked lost. Like, really looked lost in some of the, like, the deep, deep parts of the field. And I just think they're definitely will be some opportunity for the Browns to have some some big plays. Like, Marshawn Lattimore was having the hardest time staying with Mike Evans. So, mm. if Josh Gordon doesn't...
2: But we've got... Tyrod doesn't want to push it down the field. So, it's going to be hard to take advantage of that, don't you think? We'll see. We'll see what happens
1: in a dome. We'll see. I mean, my point is, if Josh Gordon isn't able to do much, it's a reflection on Tyrod, is, is my take. But the... Saints legitimately scare the crap out of me. Like Drew Brees is was quite decisive. Alvin Kamara's feet move faster than any human beings I've ever seen. He is so quick, so sharp in like every single movement he makes on the football field. I'm that is my number one concern is Alvin Kamara like in the flat and on short passing routes coming out of the backfield. And Michael Thomas looks really fluid.
0: Denzel Ward's got him. Michael Thomas had 180 yards.
1: I mean, it's good. it's those <laughs> it's those three guys and nobody else. Like they gave Ted Ginn a handful of looks and he caught some passes, but like wasn't anything crazy. But it's like it's Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. No, we're
2: gonna we're gonna stop those guys, and you know who's gonna beat us? Ben Watson.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's happened before. It It has happened before. Okay, but we just talked about the fact that our rush defense didn't look good and our passing defense looked really great. The Saints are built in a really interesting way where they don't actually run the ball. Almost ever. Alvin Kamara was their leading rusher with 29 yards. Oh, he only carried the ball eight times. Yeah. He had... Their running back had 112 receiving yards. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of passing. So you're right. So, like, we... Defended the pass really well this last week. If our secondary plays up we have a chance and our linebackers are fast, we there's an there's a way that this plays out where we can play the Saints well and we can defend what they're throwing out well. I mean,
2: we're, we're, we're built even have we're, to play defensive tackles.
0: Yeah, we're built. The way our team is built is to play a team like the Saints on paper.
2: Yeah, no, it's fair.
1: So um, I'm super interested to see if we can slow down that offense because it was moving quite well. They were behind, and they still just kept the pedal to the metal and were able to keep converting. The Saints offense did not lose this game by by any means.
0: Yeah, they scored four points.
1: Yeah. So um, it's going to be a tall task. The Browns are going to have to put more points on the board than we did this last week. There's no
0: doubt. <laughs> Drew Brees had 439 passing yards and three touchdowns and lost the game. Only took one sack. Yep. So moving on. Yep. Michael, you got the lines for us. I do. So we have to recap last week first
1: of all. Yeah, let's let's recap last week. And Mark's gonna bask in the glory. Uh, Mark and I have made
0: all the same picks and we had copycat three and yeah. oh. Michael picked after me every time and just was like, That sounded good.
1: Um And then Matthew uh, did not do so well. The one he did pick correctly was the Browns game. That's right. So we'll give him credit there. But uh, it was Atlanta at Philadelphia. Never been
2: wrong about a Browns pick. Which went down to the last play. Like, honestly, Mark and I got pretty lucky there. That could have easily been in Atlanta's (laughs) favor. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then
1: Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay was just favored by a ton and only won by one. So anyways. Which,
2: to be fair, was Deshaun Kaiser's fault. Maybe, sure. He fumbled in the red zone and then gave a pick six to Khalil Mack. But you knew Deshaun so Kaiser's and that's his a stink. a 10-point swing.
0: You knew Deshaun Kaiser and his stink
1: was he on the team. He wasn't supposed
2: to
0: play. <laughs> but his stink's still on that team, Matthew. <laughs> and that stink stanky.
1: <laughs> so that moves us on to week two. Um, and to remind everybody, we're, we'll call the like national games on
0: Thursday and Sunday night. I should Sunday have been 3 I mean you could be 3-0, but you shouldn't oh be 3-0. The Browns should be 1-0, but they're 0-0 and 1. Uh
1: so we'll call Thursday night game, Sunday night game, and the Browns game. So the Thursday night game is Baltimore at Cincinnati, and right now that game is a pick'em. I'll go ahead and pick first, since Mark keeps accusing me of uh just
0: riding his coattails. Um You are I, though. You've always ridden my coattails. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael's the oldest brother. It would be almost impossible for him to ride my coattails.
1: So I got the Bengals. Um, I talked last podcast how I'm concerned about the Bengals being a pretty darn good football team. Um, It's at home. That's kind of the tiebreaker for me. I'm going with the Bengals.
0: Mark. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens. The Bengals didn't decisively beat the Colts, and I don't think the Colts are that good of a team, um, and I really do think it's going to be the story of the Ravens' defense throughout the game. I don't think Andy Dalton is good enough to score enough points to put up in the Ravens' defense. I just I'm going to go with the Ravens.
1: I'm really excited this game's Thursday night to yeah. get to like watch you can it
0: very clearly.
2: Watch it. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: What do you say, man?
2: I'm going to go with. I think I got to go with the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals' defense is is going to be. The, the difference, I don't I don't trust that Joe Flacco and that Ravens offense is going to be able to move the ball and put up points and not turn the ball over. That Bengals defense was, was kind of wreaking havoc for, for the Colts there for a while um, in that game. And I know the Ravens have a good defense, but um, this is going to be one of those. like What do you down, trust about the Bengals
0: offense, though? they like a Joe, ton of good skilled position ton of skill position players. Joe Mixon's fine. A- AJ Green's good. Don't get me wrong. Joe Mixon's fine. we got Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard's Joe fine. Joe Mixon, but it's not really like, that's not that's not a. Eifert's playing.
2: Eifert hasn't Ross done anything in two years. Fly down the field on a straight line. Josh Malone's been pretty good. John Ross since is about fast. Midway through the year last year. I mean, I just think there's elements
0: there. They have more skilled players than the Ravens do for sure. Yep. And
2: it also just. Fits together like the pieces fit together better. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll
0: see if they can pull it together. It's the Andy Dalton's the big question mark with the Bengals as for sure. He always. Who done. do you think is better, Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco?
2: <laughs> I think Andy Dalton's better.
0: It's it is a straight up toss up of mediocrity.
1: I'm gonna go Joe Flacco. I
0: think Joe Flacco's better too. Yeah.
1: Okay. So next game, um, we'll go around the opposite way we just went. The Giants at. The Cowboys, with the Cowboys
2: favored by three. Matthew, what's your pick? Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by three. I'm going to take the Giants. I don't okay. like this Cowboys team. I don't I don't believe in Dak Prescott. That uh-huh. rookie year has kind of been a fluke. Their offense outside of Zeke has nobody. Uh-huh. I mean, that offensive line pretty good. I don't trust their defense. I'm going to go uh, to the Giants.
1: The offensive line, though that has been pretty good is really hurting. Yeah. They've got injuries and all kinds of stuff. Like, that is not the offensive line that's been in the last couple of years. So that definitely hurts them.
0: Mark? I'm in 100% agreement. I think the Giants played the Jaguars tough. Um, and the Cowboys did not look good against the Panthers. Um, I think just like Dak Prescott's rookie year was a fluke, I think that the Giants last year – Losing as many games as they did was a complete fluke. And I think they're a much better team than people are giving them credit for. And I think they'll have a better year this year than they did last year. I'm going to take them.
2: <sighs>
0: we'll see.
1: Um, I'm going against you guys. I've got Dallas home game. I think that team has tons of talent, particularly on defense. I really like Dallas's defense this year.
2: You got to prove Des wrong.
1: Um, I feel great about Dallas's defense, and I feel pretty bad about their offense. Um, but it's a home game, and I and, and it's a rivalry game. I mean, that's a big one for Giants and the Cowboys. Levels so the playing field. Always, I'm, go- I'm going with the boys. Which brings us to the Browns. The heading, real boys, heading down to Bourbon Street.
2: Uh, hopefully not till after the game. And the oh. Saints are favored by hopefully, eight points in the game. Hopefully Callaway and Gordon. And Desmond Harrison all stay away from Bourbon Street.
1: Hopefully they go out. Our parents are going to this game. Hopefully they go and party with Stephen and Didi.
2: There you go. <laughs> Honestly. They're, they're, they couldn't get in any trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be a good way to stay on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Honestly, hopefully before they go to the game, I hope Dad shaves with Barbasol razors. That's a quick plug for Barbasol razors. They're a sponsor. Keep going.
1: Um... New Orleans favored by eight. I will go and pick this game first. And I just think eight is a huge number. I feel good about where the Browns are at. I'm going to ride the momentum from picking the Browns in week one
2: and go Cleveland. Matthew. This Saints team is so freaking good but their de- what is but their defense was good last year. Their defense was really good last year.
1: But they were miserable the year before. So
2: True. True. So I'm going to I'm going to take the week one fluke. Their defense just needs to settle in. Maybe they weren't expecting Ryan Fitzpatrick to come out and and be firing. I don't know what happened. I just think that the Browns are going to have a hard time keeping up with, with Drew Brees and all the weapons they have on offense. I'm going to take the Saints. All
1: right. He's got the Saints covering the 8 points. Zero faith. I'm not,
2: I'm not proud of it. Zero <laughs>
1: faith in our Brownies, Matthew. No, it's it's an it's not an emotional decision. It's a it's a intellectual decision.
0: I can't believe you'd do that. I'm also going to pick the Saints. <laughs> I wanted Matthew to go first, so it could be at the end of the pod. Huge shocker. I just think that the weapons that they have, the Drew Brees that they have, the Alvin Kamara that they have out of the backfield is just going to be. It's going to be too much for us to handle. Um, it's a totally different offense, um, and I'm not sure how what Greg Williams is going to be able to handle it. I don't think that Greg Williams will be able to scheme for it. I'm not going to lie. I think we're going to blitz too much, and Drew Brees is going to see every single thing that Greg Williams is throwing at him, and he's going to be able to toss right around it to Alvin Kamara, and they're going to get some huge, chunky yardage, and they're going to beat us by more than eight points. I I hope that it's not true with every fiber in my being. I hope that that doesn't happen, but I want to win this competition, and I'm going to pick the Saints. Um With that being said, on a huge bummer note...
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Yeah. The Sin of Our Father's podcast is brought to you by Barbasol. (laughs) The new Barbasol Shave Club featuring the premium Ultra 6 razor. The brand trusted by men for nearly 100 years to deliver a close, comfortable shave. Visit Barbasol.com to get your shave club kit today. Save money. (laughs) It's a good razor. (laughs) Good shaving cream. Go do it. It really is. It really is. And I hate to do that, but that's going to wrap up our podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if you appreciate us, go ahead and leave us a review on our podcast page on iTunes. Um, it really goes a long way for us, and um, we'd appreciate it thoroughly. Or if you're a huge fan, be sure to send us an email. If you want us to talk about something in particular, we totally can do that. Just send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com, or tweet at us, at Fathers. Um, we're pretty active on Twitter, trying to be more active. There's three people behind the account, so we probably should be doing more. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. But we love all you and we appreciate you. Thanks to all our Tokyo listeners. Go, Browns, baby. 001, the undefeated Browns. <laughs>